The Dynasty League podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Head over to MyBookie.ag or DynesPressBox.com and click on any of the banners for pre-populated promo codes. MyBookie has some of the friendliest lines across the internet. Whether you're looking for football, baseball, basketball, hockey, or more, MyBookie has a little bit of everything for everyone. Head on over there. Use the promo code DYNESPORTS, D-Y-N-E-S, sports with an S at the end of it. No spaces in between, all one word, so that they know who sent you. Must be 18 years of age or older. Please gamble responsibly. All right, back for another week. Eric, are, are we going to start this week's segment off with a uh, Eric eats his words with the Chiefs or what? Like, what, what's going They're on? They're fine. <laughs> They're fine. They're just fine. Everyone's overreacting. They're three and four. This is Patrick Mahomes we're talking about here. The best quarterback in the league, in the AFC, in their division, in the division, fine. Best quarterback in the division. I- They're fine. He probably shouldn't be playing. I don't see how he keeps on passing these very concussion-like symptoms. No problem, but whatever. Hey, he's good. He's just good. your franchise. Just get him out there. That's whatever. He passed protocol. He was laying on the ground, he said, because he was just disappointed. It was fourth down. He was exhausted. Uh, and then he just he just wanted the camaraderie of being around his teammates when he walked off the field. As no, well, so. no, no, no. You saw his eyes. He was dazed. Yeah, he had a thousand yard stare. It was kind of scary. Yeah. He he spoke to the press after. He's fine. Sure. I revamp your friggin' protocols. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how he already cleared protocol because that yeah, was a nasty, nasty leg in the face. Well, they were saying that he was technically cleared to return to play that game. Like so that would have been like a snap call judgment that he was good to go, which is ridiculous because Sometimes takes a little yeah. while for symptoms to actually set in, and he took a massive hit. So yeah. good on the Chiefs for at least keeping him out. Good thing it was a blowout that they didn't feel like they needed to rush him back out there. But NFL, well, get your lives together. I don't understand how they he can pass that quickly because that's just and the same kind of thing happened last year too if you remember against the browns where he went down funny because of the neck and it had the concussion like symptoms but you can still have some brain injuries from neck issues so i i just don't like how quickly they've revamped that not to mention that players nowadays they've probably been protocol so much that it could end up just being instinct where they maybe answer a few questions correctly because they've coached themselves on how to do that like, you need to give them some time and see if there's more symptoms than just saying, well, he answered no to all of them. He's good. It was a self-declaration, was it? Well, I don't know. I don't know the protocol. I, I, it's, they just say, like, they go into the blue tent and magic happens. Like, you don't know what yeah. the protocol is. And ta-da! Well, they take him into the blue He's tent fine. and they've got a, a Super Nintendo set up there. They have to beat level one of Super Mario World. And if they can do that, they're cleared to go. Like, who so knows easy. what happens in there? <laughs> There, there you go. We need a microphone next to the blue tent. If you hear that, we know that he's cleared the concussion. He's good. Bring him in, guys. Well, it brings up an interesting question, though. You look across the AFC, everyone has at least two losses now. Even the Buffalo Bills, who everyone thought were the cream of the crop a little while ago, don't have a commanding lead even within their division anymore. So if we're to revise our pecking order of the top three teams in the AFC through seven weeks, how do you rank the AFC teams right now? Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. 
Chiefs Take number one. Who's the first one? Sorry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I'm, I'll, I'll. I'll actually stop the charade. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Colts fan. God damn. Bills. <laughs> Bills. Bengals. And I don't know. Like, I feel like I want to say Ravens, but I don't know which team's gonna show up. I don't know if they're good. They might be. Would they be on your list too? I think they'd have to be at this point, which just sounds so wrong. I'm like looking for ways to not have them in the top three because it just doesn't make sense to me. But they're there. Strength of schedule. I mean, like one of their losses overtime to the Packers, who are one of the top in the NFC right now. Yeah, they could. Yeah, the Bengals could easily yeah. be six and one, which is just wild. <laughs> their their other loss was like week two against the Bears, and we're kind of like what happened there now like so you almost have to look back and see why that happened well every every nfl team seems to have a what the hell happened this week loss on the record at this point if we look at the top three teams yeah bills i've got number one crazy to think but i've got Bengals number two and just like you were saying eric like i would never have thought i'd put these three franchises in my top three but i'm going browns number three because oh. the fact that they're actually able to win games without 90 percent starters like what can they do when they're healthy like I, I just think that they're a balanced team and in the afc that's so wide open like they've got a good defense when healthy they've got a good offense and a good running game which you need to come play off time when healthy Health is just their biggest thing. So they're, they're far from being written off right now. But yeah, if we're going Bills, Bengals, Brown, who would have predicted that at the start of the season? Maybe the Bills, but other than that, not me. Not this guy. I think the Titans need to be up there too. I mean, I, they, that's another team that took a while to get going. But if they can do, because the thing about the Chiefs game too, like I, and the Chiefs just, I mean, we don't need to talk necessarily about their performance, but what the Titans did and how they won, was different than what they've done all year where Derrick Henry really wasn't a dominating factor that game, like 29 rushes for 86 yards. They finally got the play action pass going. It's either gang up on Derrick Henry to stop him from get going. And if you do that, they're just going to pull that ball in and AJ Brown woke up. And that's yes, scary for Tennessee down the stretch here. Well, who had first two scores of the game? Derrick Henry throwing a touchdown and Ryan Tannehill running for a touchdown. Like that would have been quite the parlay if you had had that on a ticket. No, I, I think the Tennessee Titans are about to go on a run here. Bad news for your Colts, Derek. Don't they? Yeah, have- well, we'll see. We'll see. Once they face a real team like the Colts, who've got it actually got it together, Craig. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they easily handled the Colts when they played them earlier in the year too. So we'll see. They're playing them next week again. One of those teams in the AFC that we were just chatting about, Jamar Chase with the Bengals. Is it already time to crown him Rookie of the Year, or is there anyone who can catch him at this point? I mean, if the season played out as it has the first seven games, yes, I think he's a lock. Um, But I don't know, maybe one of the rookie quarterbacks finally wakes up. But I mean, they'd have to, I think they have to make up a lot of ground in a short period of time. I think Jamar Chase just looks so good. And each week, you know, you're kind of like, oh, maybe he got lucky. Maybe he got lucky. He just keeps bringing it every single week, which is awesome. He's he's a guy I'm having a lot of fun watch, him and Burrow. In the same way that I, I, although I'm not a Kansas City fan, may come as a shock to some of you. I, I just enjoy watching the Chiefs play because watching their, what was their electric offense and Mahomes to Tyreek Hill was, you know, it, it's it kind of has that starting to have that feel to it as far as just a fun team to watch and a team that you can kind of get behind to, you know, have some success since they're kind of an up and coming team, it seems like. 
Well, Jamar Chase, 754 yards, six touchdowns in seven games. If you're doing a half-point PPR league, his worst week was week four versus Jacksonville of all teams, where he only put up 10.7 points, six catches, nine targets, 77 yards. Like, that's his floor right now, which is truly terrifying. And I think there's a lot of fantasy owners that are now realizing – pay no attention to what happens preseason. Like preseason, just write it off. Everyone was staying away. He was falling in drafts because of the dropsies. Like the hell with that. The only thing preseason reveals is maybe pecking order in these like running back by committees and who's running with the first team offense and that. Don't put too much stock into these performances because this weekend, eight of 10, 201 yards receiving two touchdowns versus Baltimore. So you look at the rookie of the year odds now after this weekend, Vegas has Chase at plus 120, so a massive favorite right there. Mac Jones is second at plus 450, and then Najee Harris is third at plus 800. I don't feel like Mac Jones would – I mean, he's playing out of all the rookie quarterbacks okay, but I feel like Najee Harris, I feel like, would have a better shot at at winning rookie of the year than than Mac Jones would. I don't know, maybe just because Mac Jones is a quarterback and quarterbacks get a bit more more credence because of their position. But I think, I mean, I'm I'm surprised that Jamar Chase isn't – his odds would have been in the negative, like a minus 120 or 130. Yeah, I – I think that'll keep on growing as the season goes on. Like, I don't see anyone coming close to Chase. The only thing that would mess this thing up is injury. And even then, it'd have to be season ending because he's just going to, like, if he misses four weeks, he's probably still going to be the favorite at this point, just based on his first, on his start. And I think, too, we can kind of put to bed the whole draft argument of what are the Bengals doing picking Chase? They should have picked Sewell. Yeah. (laughs) I I I think they're okay with their pick now. Maybe they know what they're doing. Well, a lot lot of people were as Kyle pointed out in the preseason screaming foul because of Jamar Chase's uh, inability to catch the ball, have these drops, but he uh, turned it around. Good to oh, see. We, we know nothing. <laughs> well, the irony of all of this is Jamar Chase might actually benefit from Justin Jefferson getting robbed of rookie of the year last year, because when Herbert ended up winning rookie of the year over Jefferson, Maybe this is the year that they go, okay, if it's even close between Chase and a quarterback, we can't do this two years in a row. Let's give it to a wide receiver this year. So like I said, Craig, I'm ready to crown him rookie of the year already, barring injury at this point, or, you know, gets blinded in some freak science experiment and he can truly no longer catch the ball, but it's his to lose for sure. What did Jefferson get last year? 1,400 yards, eight touchdowns, seven touchdowns? He's almost halfway there. Yeah, he's more than halfway there. I mean, he may he may slow he may slow down because he's on a pretty ridiculous pace yeah. right now. But I, I still think he has a legit chance at eclipsing fifteen hundred yards. If yeah. he eclipses, because and how many touchdowns does he have right now? He's got six through seven games. Yeah, if he if he if he gets fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns as a wide receiver, and unless Mac Jones just goes nuts or Najee Harris just goes nuts and becomes like the best player at position for the last ten games, then if he I think if he gets fifteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns, like you got to give him the rookie of the year. How often does that even happen for wide receivers, anyways? Maybe like a couple of people a year do that like if that it's not as rare as an MVP going to someone that's not a quarterback but it's how many touchdowns you say Jefferson got last year I think he got seven no he got more than seven no no I think he put it he put up a ton of yards like his yards were kind of like wow but I I, I don't think yeah he got seven touchdowns last year 
Okay, so there you go. He's yeah, four, he I said fourteen. Like I said, fourteen hundred yards from me. Got fourteen hundred yards on the dot. More news circling around NFL circles this week. Deshaun Watson all week. Mm. He was might as well pack his bags. He was heading to Miami. All of a sudden, Sam Darnold said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not so fast, there, my friend." Gets benched against the Giants, and now all of a sudden the Carolina Panthers are involved in Deshaun Watson trade talks. So, as of today, where, if anywhere, because he could still end up going nowhere if the Texans end up digging their heels in on this multiple first-round picks demands that they're making here, but if he does go anywhere, where do you think Deshaun Watson ends up ahead of the November 2nd trade deadline? I mean, it sounds like Carolina's really made a push. The Carolina Panthers insider basically said that they have made an offer that they're pretty sure the Texans would accept. So I don't know if there's just little fine details that need to be worked out here at this point, but it sounds like they made a really serious offer. Pretty sure Carolina fans, from what I've seen on the forums, are pissed. they just they do not want Deshaun Watson on the team and I I can't really say I blame them that's just going to be just a scene not to mention that it's a huge risk if it ever gets sent to criminal court like well that's just it you don't even know he's gonna end up suiting here right well this year it looks like it sounds like he's not going to be put on the exempt list it'd be just his future and that's the danger of giving up all these first round tactics right Panthers are in win now mode win now (laughs) This yeah, year, but going all in. The ultimate rental. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that their trade package includes Sam Darnold going the other way. I don't I think that I don't think that they wouldn't trade unless like Carolina's given them two or three first round picks. I don't even think he's worth that, maybe, but given you know, as you pointed out, his transgressions that have come to light. I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I think that they would want to take Sam Darnold. I mean, he, he's probably even a little bit better than a better fit than Tyrod Taylor, I'd say. Well, that's just it. Like, it's <laughs> how confident are you that the NFL has made snap decisions before in the past and completely done about faces like. We'll get Ray Rice. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a couple of game suspensions. Oh, people don't like that. We're going to reinstate you. Okay, fine. Then you're just going to be out for the season. So even if he's not on the exemplist now, there's no guarantee that he doesn't get put on it yeah. at a moment's notice. So if you give Sam Darnold going back the other way, like you're risking then PJ Walker be your quarterback for the rest of the season if Watson needs to sit out. And we watched what he brings to the table against the Giants who were just running roughshod over him this past weekend. So that's a huge, huge risk there. To your point, Craig, I'm sure the Panthers have probably made a a substantial offer at this point. And it might not even be, though, just trying to work out the finer details of it. This might be a case of the Texans finally now having two people, two bidders that they can play off one another. So they can now take that offer back to Miami and say, okay, this is what we've got on the table from these guys. Let's up your ante a little bit because for the last little while, this this is why if Miami was going to get Deshaun, they should have gone out and just done it already before that second or maybe third or even fourth team entered the sweepstakes ahead of the trade deadline. Like if it was coming down to a rumored extra pick, pull the trigger on that if he's going to be your guy, which they seem to be unable to quit the idea of bringing Deshaun to Miami. And he's apparently pretty high on his... uh, destinations list that he's provided the Texans so who knows where he ends up I I think wherever he goes and again I'm not even convinced that he does 100% go somewhere I I don't think he suits up this season and I said before the season started I thought there was going to be a trade preseason I thought he was going to go somewhere I thought he was going to suit up eventually but 
We're now seven full weeks in. Who knows if this goes right up to the trade deadline. You're going to be eight weeks in at that point. So there's half the season gone. Does Roger Goodell really want the PR nightmare of what is it up to now? Like 25 civil lawsuits against him for sexual misconduct, for massage antics and whatnot? Like, does he want the PR nightmare of giving the green light to him for eight games? I don't know. I don't know. I think they've got other issues right now with uh, the Washington football team and the emails so maybe he'd welcome the distraction who knows <laughs> the, the classic, the classic let's put out one fire by starting a smaller yeah. fire over <laughs> the oh my God. there's just so many things like what what would look worse right like i don't know like it looks bad either way but it's like i honestly wonder like it. well it's only civil and you know what's happening here could just mess up all like multiple owners and our yeah yeah like it's just no matter what it seems like the nfl with every situation that they always end up in damage control for whatever they do if this you know i feel like you know he's not gonna be put on the commissioner's list so more like damning evidence is gonna come out against him that like almost proves that he all these alleged things and more well i don't know like it it probably won't happen but but like if history if history repeats itself the situation is going to turn out way worse once the the situation and the NFL make it advantageous for Deshaun Watson, they're honestly they're just waiting to see if this goes criminal. So I don't know if they'll ever so want to do a double suspension. They're just going to get it done all at once. So they want to see how far it goes before they decide anything. That's yeah. really what it seems like they're doing. I think we just have to also point out with the complete fall that the Panthers have had with Darnold, just how good is Christian McCaffrey, where <laughs> he was able to mask. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Darnold was looking good. The Panthers were winning, and then he's gone, and all of a sudden, Darnold can't get off of his first read without throwing. You know what I mean? Like, McCaffrey gets healthy because you can just make everyone around you better. Anyways, that's that's it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the same that can be said for a couple of teams, right? Like, where would the Titans be if Derrick Henry wasn't in their back? Where are the Panthers without CMC? Where are the Giants without Saquon? Now, obviously, the Giants have had a whole bunch more injuries, so he's a huge focal point of that offense. So when people like that go down, it doesn't always have to be a quarterback going down that can completely cripple your season. And for all the talk of running back by committee, next man up mentality, yeah, we've got a bunch of serviceable backs. Like, well, good on them for giving a good effort. They're a good Canadian kid in Hubbard, but it's not the same. He's not the same guy. He's he's such a good receiver where I think it got to the point where Darnold would just kind of look at his first target. And if it wasn't there, he'd just go immediately to McCaffrey. And that's where the interceptions went down, where now he has no idea where to go with his first receivers covered so teams are just doubling up on more and it's like uh i'm lost <laughs> he regressed to the adam gaze days just like that it's only a matter well tom so, so switching gears here tom brady <laughs> eric's taking over <laughs> welcome to the podcast uh, i'm your host eric these are my two guests craig and kyle <laughs> 600 TD passes for Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay. Only QB in NFL history to eclipse the mark. If you had to pick one player right now who has an outside chance of ever even coming close to that mark, who would you pick? Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. There's lots of good quarterbacks here right now, but I mean, like, it's still Mahomes. Like, 
starting, he throws over 50, and it, the game's just getting easier. It's not easier, but it's getting more yeah. prone for passers. He's going to have, even if the season isn't going his way, he's still going to end up throwing just a ton of touchdowns in his career. He's the guy. If he can say yeah. the only The only way that uh, he doesn't pass Brady is if Brady just continues to be in ridiculously good shape and play till he's 53. So. Yeah, that's basically it. it it's going to be healthy. Oh. That's the thing. Brady's been healthy for a long time. He's played for a long time. That's going to be tough to do regardless of the position. But like, like I was saying, like I mean, Mahomes has had a pretty bad year by his standards. I think we can all agree with yeah. that. Still third yeah. in the league at passing touchdowns with eighteen. Yeah, like exactly. it's a bad year. He's still up there in the top five. So it's it's Mahomes. Yeah. I'm going the board. I'm going with Arch Manning. 16-year-olds, Uber man, they're going <laughs> to break Brady's record here. I generally, I have no idea. I think this is going to be one of those things that might be like Wayne Gretzky's all-time points record, where it's going to take a truly, truly special phenom to come along and, and try and even come close to those numbers. Like, yeah, I, I hear what you guys are saying. Patrick Mahomes, he's kind of that level next guy. I generally don't know if we're ever going to see anyone come close to those numbers because by the sounds of it, Brady, again, like he, he's right now the number one fantasy player in all of football. He's put up ridiculous video game numbers. So that total is just going to keep on growing. And it's hard to say that someone who is currently trying to catch him and he keeps moving those goalposts by putting up more passing touchdowns himself i don't know I, I just don't see a roadmap for any of the quarterbacks that are currently in the league unless mahomes or herbert start uh maybe subscribing to that tb12 method and they play into their late 40s as well well that's that's what i mean it's going to be the longevity that's what's keeping yeah. them going right now exactly. that's what's making it crazy but it's if they can play into their 40s putting up high numbers like yeah. he has been then yeah it's yeah. possible yeah. And I'll, I'll go on record here and admit something to you guys and all the listeners of the uh, Dynasty podcast as well. As a big Colts fan my whole life, it took me a long, long time to finally admit that Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. Because in my heart, I wanted Peyton Manning to, to hold that spot. But I think after Super Bowl V, I finally came to terms with that for Tom Brady. And it's actually kind of nice that I did because – as someone who always wanted Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots to lose all the time, even when they weren't playing the Colts, it's great to be at a point where I can finally admire his greatness while he's still playing. A lot of people didn't like Michael Jordan for the same reason. And some comment these days, like, you know what? I wish I wasn't so bitter and that I could actually admire his greatness and, and see his greatness while he was playing. I'm happy that I'm able to actually get to that point. For 17 years of his career, I, I, I didn't enjoy watching him play. I just wanted him to lose all the time. But I'm happy that I still get to see Tom Brady, which is the Michael Jordan of the NFL, play and be great while he's still playing. Yeah, Eric is getting all of the hatred from his heart right now. Like It's like a confessional on air. My In the same way that Ben Affleck addressed Derek Jeter when he said, as a Boston Red Sox fan, you broke my heart a lot when you played and you broke it again when you retired. I will feel the same way when Tom Brady finally retires. There you go. Mike Evans gives away his 600th touchdown. <laughs> and staffers to have to negotiate with the fans. So, so here's the reported deal that the fan got. Apparently, in exchange for giving the ball back, he got two signed jerseys and a signed helmet from Tom Brady. Uh, signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats, two season tickets for the rest of this year and next year, 
and a thousand dollar credit at the Bucks team store. Good deal, bad deal. Yeah, That's an amazing deal. Who brokered that? That's incredible. Like usually in negotiations for these things, they'll put stuff ridiculous stuff in just to take it out to make it look like they're making compromise. So you got to ask, what else was in there? I thought like when you said two signed jerseys, a helmet cleats and uh, was it a jersey from mike evans yeah and i was like wow he really did well and then you're like season tickets store credit i was like my god well the the counter argument to this is people are already speculating that if that had gone to like golden auctions or like sotheby's or something that's a half a million dollar piece of memorabilia yeah yeah i guess That would be the that would be the other. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta realize, like, yeah, okay, it probably was half a million dollars, but I'm sure uh somewhere in the finest of fine prints on the back of those tickets, they could just have security come and just strip him of the ball and boot him from the stadium if they really wanted to. Yeah. And PR nightmare if they wanted, but they were getting that ball one way or another. So you're best to just take the deal rather than try and escape the stadium with the football in tow. Isn't there... You just run with it, right? <laughs> isn't there a rule where like any... In the game of football, you cannot keep the ball. It has to be returned to the field. That's like a rule. So you're right. Roger Goodell could jump in and force the ball back into play, I guess. You got, you got to get a dummy ball just in case. Yeah. If you're there, right? If you're in the front, you just yeah. have a ball under your chair and you just swap yeah. it out. Yeah. Bring your girlfriend to the game, pretend she's pregnant, smuggle that ball in underneath her hoodie, and then if you happen to get a game ball, do the old switcheroo and trick them. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I guess the guy also gets the intangible of, of, of the respect of Bucks Nation or whatever, but I mean, is that really worth half a million dollars? Of course, we'll always let, as always, we'll let the Dines Fantasy Podcast listeners decide. Still, we're always. episode Still haven't figured out the name of the podcast yet that you co-host. I'll just change it up every week. It's just a test to see if the listeners are paying attention, is it? But for those who aren't paying attention, Kyle, the name of the podcast in reality, for those who don't know, is... Of course. (laughs) The Dynasty League Podcast. The Dynasty League Podcast. There you go. Write it down. Take it to the bank. Yeah, you should. Dynasty League podcast. <laughs> Spell D Y N E S T Y podcast. There you go. Well, Eric, we have to be your team here because guess what? After seven weeks of on-air shootings, you're the official winner of the Survivor Pool. We knew as soon as we took his Chiefs, we should have just called it right there. He, he basically folded. I just gave it to you, which. Yeah. You know, so I mean, what? So I'm okay with it. I, 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 I never remember who I picked, anyways. So I end up picking the Giants on take or something next week. Craig, don't kid yourself. You're just trying to soothe the wound. Is <laughs> it, was this our bet where like the Halloween costumes were the uh, uh, punishment? Yes. yes. Just no. in time. So if you just in time, uh, if you can drop off those Halloween costumes, we will do a live on there. Craig and I'll do the video wearing your crayon costumes that you were bringing over. And we'll post it up on you. So there, there you go, listeners. You can check out after we record next week's episode. You will have a video uploaded to the Dot Sports YouTube page of Craig and I on air in Eric's chosen punishment costumes for winning the Survivor Pool. And and just so 
the listeners are aware so that they can be eager to tune in. They are crayon costumes. One is blue, one is yellow. So the body of the crayon, the thick, girthy part of the crayon is what is being put over the torso and a hat goes on top of the head with a little point for the pointy part of the crayon. I've never heard anyone. You don't, you don't need, you don't need, you don't need much, Craig, it's a, it's a fucking crayon. <laughs> I, I realize it's a fucking crayon. I'm saying we got off easy. <laughs> Whatever, they still, they still look goofy and it's entirely worth it. I bet you they don't even work. I couldn't even draw with them, could I? <laughs> All right, moving on from Eric's girthy crayon costumes that he's going to be giving to us. The Andy Award winner this week from the Las Vegas Raiders tight end, Foster Moreau, six for six, 60 yards, a TD. He was 0% owned. Now... 3% owned. All 3% were done in the last 24 hours, though, following his performance. Congratulations, and Vito Award winner, Foster Moreau. I'm just surprised we, uh, I guess, I, I, I was surprised that he only got six passes because I felt like every time I was paying attention to that game, he was catching the ball. So good for him, though. He had a great game. Oh, by the way, Craig, just to give you an update, we just eclipsed Max City in our fantasy football, and we will be winning the week, unless Lockett or Kamara fumbles the football. <laughs> <laughs> and never sees the field again. What could possibly go wrong? He did it wrong. <laughs> all right so we are officially through seven weeks we got the monday nighter going on right now but we're almost 50 percent of the way through here so figured this was a good time to revisit our rankings and again these are not rankings if you were going to be drafting to keep them forever but these are just the rankings of if you were going to have these players for the remainder of the season what are your top five for so we're going to go through QBs, wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs. Eric, what position do you want to start off with? Sure. Uh, let's go QB. All right. What do you got for your top five fans right now? My top five fantasy QBs right now would be, well, I, Tom, you know, we said it close to the top of the show, Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, you're going Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. I, I get. I don't know. I, well, I'm not sure if I'm going in any particular order here, but well, that, you know, that Tom Brady. Um, five is you usually go in some sort of sequential order. Well, I mean, like you can say top five, but in no particular order. <laughs> like, did you? Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, even though it's been struggling. Then uh, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, uh, number five. Do you know what? Even though I don't think he is currently ranked in the top five, I think I'd go Matthew Stafford. I like the way he looks. Big omissions there, then. Well, I'm pretty sure the top four guys that I told you are like the top four guys in the position so far. And you think that's going to hold over the rest of the season? There's not going to be any movement there? Ah, who cares? They're playing well. <laughs> wow. There you go. All right. Well, I have in order for quarterbacks for the remainder of the season, I would have Kyler Murray, number one. I've got Allen, number two. Oh, crap. Yeah, I, I forgot got... about Josh. Actually, do you know what? No, I got, I got, let's replace, let's replace Matt Stafford with Josh Allen. How in the world did I forget him? I've got Goodness. Lamar Jackson, Top five is very clear. number three. Lamar Jackson, number three, who you also didn't have in there. Jalen no, Hurts, number I... four, and then I've got Tom Brady, your number one, or the first person who jumped to your mind, 
as number five. Craig, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Looks like well, a good fucking prediction, doesn't it, for Jalen Hurts for a top five QB for, for a bold prediction, doesn't it, Craig? Yeah, I refuse to have him in my top five. Um, yeah, that's what it looks like, buddy. <laughs> right don't now, fight the music. Don't, Craig, don't fight the music, buddy. Right now, he is number two among quarterbacks. But, I mean, that's not. Um. Well, big, big news today. That's going to shake the fantasy landscape. Joe Flacco getting sent back to the New York Jets. So who knows? Minshew mania could be moving up the depth charts. <laughs> First sign of trouble, Eric. Your boy could get benched. You never know in Philadelphia. They've got it out for Hurts for reasons still unknown. He railed that. Yeah, the, Jalen, Hurts is, is, Jalen Hurts is a fantastic example of someone who's a terrific fantasy quarterback but doesn't seem to be able to win games. Well, a large yeah, portion of I that is exceptionally questionable play calling coming from his head coach at every turn and his inability to ever run the football but hey you know let's let it all on the quarterback unless it hurts so just to be clear the top five right now are tom brady jalen hurts kyler murray lamar jackson and patrick mahomes i think i'd probably have kyler murray first i'd go Probably Tom Brady second, Lamar Jackson third. I'll go Mahomes four, and then I gotta give it to uh, I gotta go Stafford for five. I think omitting Josh Allen too. I am, I am. It, it it's tough because I mean, yeah, I would say there's six legit quarterbacks there, and I mean Allen can very easily get in there. I just have this feeling Stafford's just gonna keep on getting better this year. I mean, he's really only focusing on Cup as soon as he gets a little more history of woods as well like he's just going to start putting up insane numbers one thing that will hold him back and brady back is the rushing yeah well keep in mind too that of the quarterbacks that you were just rattling off there if you're looking at their actual production Allen's the only one who's had a bye week thus far so that yeah, would also that's also true. the rankings yep that's very true he probably would be either close to mahomes or yeah he'd probably be around the jackson number homes right now around 170 fantasy points maybe more let's move on to wide receivers here so i'll maybe start us off this time i see that that both of you omitted derrick henry from your list of quarterbacks <laughs> yeah well it's just such a small sample size you did too man you did too so is it going to be a consensus across the board number one wide receiver right now cooper cup or does anyone else have a a differing opinion for that number one slot currently projected to absolutely smash every fantasy wide receiver total known to mankind in yeah fantasy it's insane guys a freak good for him um contrarian in me wants to say that he won't break the records but i don't know he's like he just keeps bringing it week after week with just chunk yards touchdowns all the time and i'd still have to think that he's probably yeah i'd still say he'd be in my top five i'd take him tyreek hill deandre hopkins Devonte adams and for my fifth i mean you know i'd say michael thomas but you know we'll leave from that <laughs> Um, let's throw DK Metcalf in that mix. I, I think he's 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 a great great wide receiver. That's With Geno Smith throwing the ball though, yeah, that's that's a bit of a question mark. Well, only for another couple weeks. It's, well, I mean, just look at the look at the touchdown beginning of the game. He already put up his production for the week. Fine for this week. The next week he'll be fine. This is the classic. Metcalf. The Chiefs are fine. Look, look yeah. at that second half proclamation yeah. from Eric. <laughs> 
I've got the exact same top four of Cup, Adams, Hopkins, and Hill. But for my fifth, instead of DK, I'm gonna I'm hopping board the hype train. I'm putting Jamar Chase as my fifth person who I'd rather have on my team. Oh, yeah, I, I'm gonna have him with me too. I, I got I think we have most of the same players there. It's, yeah, I got I got Cup. I'll go Adams and Hill, then I'll go Chase. And I think for my fifth, I, I'm going to go Mike Evans. Oh, Evans think, over Hopkins. I think, uh, I, I think Brady's just starting to Good pick. lay it up with them here. It looks like, like he's just consistently targeting him in the end zone now. He was someone I was flip-flopping a little bit. I just think his, because we, we've all seen, all you need to do is pull up his fantasy football stat page, and it's like 30 points, and then the next week it's three, and then the next week it's like 27 points. So he's a boomer bust guy. I think he's riding a wave, though, of no gronk. So there's not that giant body end zone target. So I think the touchdowns are going to come back a little yeah. bit down to earth. So that's why I went with Hopkins yeah. over him. But th- those other four, I'm, I'm right there with you there, Craig. With Hawkins, too, though, yes, I mean, he's going to have some games, too, with, like, Mean Green being the guy now with Ertz there as well, so. Well, speaking of Ertz, let's get to tight ends here. So, Craig, why don't you start us off with your top five for the remainder of the season at the tight end position? I mean, I still have Kelsey number one. He is starting to look a little bit older and tired, but I, I still, I mean, until he proves me otherwise for a full season, it's, it's still him number one. I'm going Andrews, two. I think Kyle Pitts, number three, I think he's really starting to come on strong. I'll go Waller, four, because he's starting to get up. Like, he'll be he'll be motoring, too. And I, I think I'll go, ooh, it's, it's tough for five, but I think if Gronk can come back healthy next week, he'll be five. Like you said, until you kill the king... Kelsey's going to be at the top. Same with me. I think just based on the volume of passes he, he gets on any given week, like there's no other tight end who is going to see 10 targets consistently outside of maybe Waller. But I like Kelsey's spot a little bit better. So Kelsey, number one. Andrew's number two. I've got Waller, three. And then I've got Pitts. And then the same thing with you, Craig. I was kind of flip-flopping with who that fifth person was going to be. I, I'm going to go with a bit of a homer pick. I'm going to say Ertz from the good old Philadelphia Eagles lineage. But I think he's going to be someone who is going to get sort of lost in transition on offense and defenses are going to zone in on the Hopkins. They're going to zone in on the AJ Greens, on the Kirks, on the Rondale Moors. If Edmonds is in the backfield, he's a pass catching threat. So that was something even at his peak, when he set the you know single season reception record for the tight end position in Philadelphia, like they never had those kind of weapons around him. So he's not the same player he was when he did that. So he's not going to be putting up 120 receiving yards and two touchdowns week in, week out. But I think they're going to lose track of him a little bit in the red zone. He's going to get some touchdowns, 60 to 70 yards a week. And they like to air it out when you're putting up 35 plus points a week. There's a lot of balls to go around. Yeah. I mean, it could be a very similar uh, thing to kind of what happened whenever Gonzalez went to the Falcons, where they already had Roddy White flying high there. And then I think Julio Jones was coming in too. And Tony Gonzalez just kind of got lost in the middle and split single coverage consistently. And he just tore it up. Yeah, that's right. I went back to Atlanta Falcons and Tony Gonzalez. I could be a homer too. <laughs> Season's coming off the rails for you. So you're getting nostalgic of former Chiefs, are you? I'll never forget Tony. <laughs> Who was their tight end before Tony Gonzalez? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't watching football. Then, My so I don't know. <laughs> 
So my top five is essentially the same as Craig's, just different orders. So I have Travis Kelsey. Um, I have Darren Waller at, uh, at number two, then Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts, then Gronk. Well, what the hell happened to Hawkinson? Is it just the fact that everyone realized that Jared Goff maybe really was the problem and it wasn't McVeigh out scheming himself and he's just not a serviceable quarterback or like, why is he gone from well, he's still he's still the season to almost forgotten. Not to forgotten. He's like the seventh ranked tight end in in the league right now. It's just I don't know. He's also got a kind of a crappy crappy knee for the last little while that could be hindering. But yeah, maybe everyone's like, well, the offense is gonna flow through him. He's one of their probably their best receiver, and maybe they've done a good job holding him up. Yeah, and I think part of it too. I mean, just looking at his upcoming schedule. And, and Yahoo is really good at this, where they just kind of have opponents versus position coming in and how they're ranked. I'm seeing a lot of red in the upcoming schedule. So I think points for a tight end are going to be tough for Detroit here coming up. His easiest matchup is coming up, according to this. Philadelphia has given up the eighth most points to tight ends. Yeah, we're good at that. That's the last easy, easy game for Hawkinson, it looks like here. The next closest after that would be until week 16, where they play Atlanta, who give up the 19th most to tight ends. That schedule and the defenses they're about to play could be a real issue for Hawkinson, especially if he's the focal point of that offense. Would anyone on this podcast be surprised if the Philadelphia Eagles gave the Detroit Lions their first win of the season this weekend? No. <laughs> no, I hope they do. <laughs> It seems very eagle-like. Yeah. Okay. So it's not just me being <laughs> no, I can see. cautious here. How do you feel? Sounds like uh, Howie Rosen there is going to be uh, in charge of the draft again this year. It sounds like. I hate it. I hate it so much. The the thought of <laughs> Howie Roseman with three first-round pick potentially in the top ten. Like he's going to package all three for like a kicker or something and try and move up like some div two guy that he saw kick a 75 yard field goal. He's going to want him, but you already know what he's going to do. He's, he's going to try and package something to get a quarterback. And this is an exceptionally weak quarterback draft class this year. For anyone who watches college football, there's no Trevor Lawrence coming out of it. There's no Justin Fields. There's no Justin Herbert, right? Like this is a ugly draft class for quarterbacks. This, this draft class, what they should be doing, it kind of reminds me of the Eric Fisher Lane Johnson draft class where it's that's what I was going to say. The 2013 draft where I think what Geno Smith and EJ Manuel were the most notable coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of linemen, both offensive and defensive, and then some really good defensive stars. Like, in a perfect world, if everything lines up immaculately for the Eagles, they would take Stingley, the cornerback out of LSU. They would take Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. And then I don't even care what you do with the third one there. You want to get cute and try and take a quarterback with that one? Sure, it's house money at that point. Or ideally you would take a offensive lineman or a linebacker and really shore up some of those final needs that Philly has, but Oh God knows what the hell Howie Roseman is going to do. So, <laughs> uh, I saw that same report got forwarded to me by friend of the show, Devin, and I nearly threw up in my mouth. Well, maybe it's not a bad idea then for them to give up uh, the first win to the lions because with Miami's draft pick, that's that much closer to number one overall if the Lions win. Well, it's not exactly like the Eagles are running away with it themselves. They'll only no. be, you know, one loss away from 
that number one overall themselves. They're, they've only got two on the season. So enough about the Philadelphia Eagles here. That's already an open festering wound in this household. So let's move on to the running back. Let's move over to the Colts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Running backs. I would be shocked if anyone had anyone other than Derrick Henry, number one. So let's just get him out of the way with right now, but then two through five, there's some debate I think that can be had. So I'll give you my two through five first here. And again, this isn't dynasty. This isn't who you want most this weekend coming up. This is over the course of the remainder of the season, how you think it's going to shake out. So my number two, actually, Eric is from your Indianapolis Colts. I think that Frank Reich has finally seen the light and realizes that Jonathan Taylor is a special talent back there. And you saw it even in the soupy mess that was Sunday night football last night, just these chunk plays Mm. put up and his ability to make defenders miss. So I think he is only going to see his role grow. And the fact that he's now catching the ball out of the backfield too, adds a whole new dimension to his game because he was kind of a, uh, running back only specialist there now that he's a true three down back and able to catch some of those screens that bodes really well for him then i've got alvin Kamara simply because it looks like and again you know the saints are a bit jekyll and hyde so you never know what you're gonna get out of them but just looking at who they've got left on their schedule they've got tampa and buffalo and other than that it is cupcakes like they are playing some of the worst teams in the league over the next eight weeks so i think he's going to put up some monster numbers in a lot of games that are game script favorable where they're just going to be running the ball and in the driver's seat then i've got harris Najee. he's getting a lot more touches he seems to be up in the 20s per game now the last couple i think he's going to have a big role to play for the steelers down the stretch And number five, I could have gone in a whole bunch of different directions, but I ended up settling on, if he can stay healthy, I'm going to take Austin Eckler at number five. Nick Chubb. Okay. Offense. Yeah. So, yeah, number one, Derrick Henry got out of the way. So I also have Jonathan Taylor on that list, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, and Najee Harris. Nick Chubb because he'll be – Injuries at all and the fact that he's splitting carries with Kareem Hunt. Well, Kareem Hunt is not going to be playing for another several weeks. All right, fine. You're not worried about, what is it, Demetric Johnson or whoever uh, the the breakout (laughs) rookie was the other week? Apparently not. No, I'm not worried about him. (laughs) All right. So top two, I think it's been the same for everyone. It's just Henry and Taylor. Number three for me, I'm going to put Kamara just because I do think I agree with you. I think he's been kind of playing below his, not so much projections, but a potential. And it's just, you just have this feeling he's just going to come out of here and go flying at some point soon. And then I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift because I, I don't know what, it's Detroit finally figured out that they just need to feed him the ball more and he's been producing. And then I'm going to go Nick Chubb. I agree. I think, I don't think it really mattered before with Chubb having Kareem Hunt there with him. He's still been producing. And I think it's just going to be more touchdowns as long as Hunt's out. And it's just going to put those point goals up. Now with DeAndre Swift, if I threw the curveball of just standard scoring, non-PPR, does that change it at all? Because he catches a ton out of the backfield. So that definitely helps his He does. I think that probably would affect it more. Yeah, if, if we are doing, sorry, I'm still used to playing PPR. If we are doing that, then I, I would have him out. Um, and seeing as we're going in that direction here, I might throw in Aaron Jones there as well. I, I think they're just going to huh. start feeding him more as well. He's just, he's just such a good 
running back. I still don't buy the AJ Dillon type at all. I think Jones is going to have some monster games down the stretch. Yeah, I was going to say for all the preseason AJ Dillon hype that every single fantasy analyst was putting out there, certainly hasn't been Never any kind of a factor in that Green Bay offense to date. Like I think whether it was this past week or the weekend before, he actually put up negative points for the week. Yep. He's had negative one big run all year. That's it. Dean Hopefully Jones. You, you were not one of the people who bought into the preseason hype and spent a mid-round draft pick on A.J. Dillon. No, I did not. Yeah, the Colts are back. <laughs> You've just been waiting to get that in all episode, eh? <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr., I'm telling you, he's a legit wide receiver. Legit. He is. You should have put him in your top five. No. <laughs> not, not yet all right folks that wraps up another episode of the dynasty league podcast for all those who haven't taken the time yet toss us a follow on any of our social media channels they're all the same at dynasty league d-y-n-e-s-t-y league you can also check out our youtube page where we mentioned after next week's episode the video of craig and i in Eric's lovely costumes will be living in infamy up there for the internet to see. And last but not least, give us a five-star review. Leave us a nice little write-up, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from, so that Eric can finally get his goal of cracking the top 30 podcasts for fantasy in Canada. You know, you can leave a five-star review, but you can leave a bad review about me. It's okay. You won't hurt my feelings.